0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome one, welcome all, to the greatest show of them all, this is volume 99, the last one in the double digits of the NFC East mixtape. You can listen to this show on any one of SB Nation's NFC East blog podcast networks that is, Blog the Boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Hogs Haven for the Washington Commanders, or Big Blue View for the New York Football Giants. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from I and Margie Ochoa from BTB, and Brandon, I'm not here to be a jerk. Philadelphia Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Um, I have a lot to say, and we have a lot to get to. There's actually some other NFC East things to touch on as well, but obviously, um, it's been a long few days for you, I imagine. Lots of content you have been uh, grinding away at.
2: No, not even, RJ. Um, I'm exhausted. Uh, (laughs) Just, I'm very... It's not even it's not like, uh, Oh, I'm so sad or angry. It's really not the tone. I'm just, I'm really tired. And I think part of it is how it ended in the sense of, you know, it's like you, I I think back to, you know, going to Cleveland and Miami and watching the training camp practices. And then obviously just the training camp practices in Philly as well in late July. And you know, you go through all this from all that time ago. And so many things have happened in that time span. Like in life in general, it's not even talking about football, football as well. Um, and it's just kind of weird for it to all end so anti It's like th- that's what all this was leading to this very historical, maybe the best Eagles season, um, finish aside of my lifetime. And it's just, it just ends like that. And it's like, okay, weird ending. And also, uh, just not even ready for me personally, at least. And you know, I, I think other people have turned the page quicker than me, like talking about mock drafts. Right. Like, I could just not care less about that right now. Like, like I just wanna almost just like just F that. Like I don't effing care about my mock draft, who cares? I don't freaking care about that right now. I mean, I'll work up to the point of caring about that closer, you know, maybe in a week or I don't know when it'll take, but it's just like no. <laughs> like like I'm I'm supposed to care about that and just like get mentally geared up right away for uh, you know, uh, another long process like this, just to have it potentially end like that. Um the last thing I want to say here, because I, I know I've, I've been going on long, is that, I mean, it's almost just like, and I, I'm going to have some dramatic comparisons, I'm sure, on this show. <laughs> One of them is like, it's, it's just akin to me for like someone being like, you know, let's say I was married and, um, you know, God forbid, my spouse died. And then like someone at, at the day after the funeral is like, so you're thinking about dating or you're on the after? It's like, bro, like the, my partner just died. Like, I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm not ready to, me personally, I'm not ready to move on. So, uh yeah
1: um well we are recording on valentine's day so a very romantic analogy uh from uh from brandon lee godden uh right there happy valentine's day to you brandon certainly um it was anticlimactic Obviously we'll touch on the penalty a little bit. You've touched on it a lot at BGN radio and everybody at BGN has done. So um, I touched on it with Jeremy Reisman on Monday, football Monday on the ESPN nation NFL show. If anybody wants to listen to that, we did have Pete Sweeney on who was wrong. Um, thought the chiefs would win this going away. I would say the chiefs, you know really just kind of came in and stole this at the very end so pete was wrong in that sense um but you know i was right i thought the chiefs would win in a close game not that that was like a, a vogue or, or that was a vogue opinion it wasn't like you know incredibly rare um but it it did feel like um i, I mean like you mentioned the the length of the eagle season and and i think it's important to talk about life and we talk about that a lot right like how how married no pun intended to what we're talking about here um what we do for a living is with our lives like um I was gonna come in here and make like an Astros joke. But, like the whole like Phillies postseason run happened and all that right like how many like how many seasons of Survivor did we watch and finish in the the Eagles run right like how many you know I don't know like other personal journeys were you on like you know whatever the case may be um and and for it to end is is just a difficult pill to swallow however it ends even if it ends the way you want it to end I, I was struck. I was reading um, Bo Wolf's uh, recap at the Athletic, and he reminded me. I mean, I obviously knew this, but just like reading the uh, the Jason Kelsey quote that this was the second loss that the Eagles had with Jalen Hurts specifically. And so, like in addition to what you're talking about, how it is this like finality. It's also like a rare thing, right? <laughs> right? Like like how do you how do you process this? Like, and, and so for it to to happen in this game of all games is is like you know. And I I'm not the biggest college football fan. I know you aren't either. But like that's kind of how college seasons go, right? Like you're just like the whole season is win, 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 and then one loss, and that one loss is the loss, and that so that can be a tough thing.
2: Uh, yeah, and you know, let's get into the penalty. You know, look, um, everyone's go. Like, oh, James Bradbury said it's penalty, so it's penalty. I mean, like, come on, like uh, what is? I hate to be the what is he gonna say guy, but what is he gonna say? <laughs> like, he's literally incentivized to not say otherwise because you get fined if you criticize the refs. Now he could have said something. I guess else that wasn't critical, but I also think you need to say the tone. He wasn't like enthusiastically like defending the refs, like <laughs> like the context uh, or with the removing the contest might make it seem on un- like uh, just what he had to say on Twitter. And look, you know that was the only defensive holding call of the game. And you know I I know you said on the SB Nation NFL show, and I know our good friend Stats shared this opinion. And like I, I get what you're saying in terms of. Uh, it's not about like, oh, you can't call that there in that spot. It's not about that. It's not, it's less about that and more about, I think it's hard for that to be the first defensive penalty call because it's like, okay, this really didn't happen the rest of the game at all. This is the one and only time this happened. It, and and look, just rewatch the play. It was not egregious. It really was not at all. And if the context of that game and part of what Bradbury said, like he's, he basically admitted he was holding earlier in the game a lot or at least more more than once. And, you know, that it seemed to kind of be how the refs were officiating this game. They were letting him play. Um, and I, and even look look at Juju's reaction after that pass is incomplete. He looks more bummed to me that it's incomplete than he is like outraged that he got held. I don't even think he, he thinks he got held. And also the flag came out late. So, um, you know, look, it's, it's, it's not the only reason they lost. There's obviously a lot of um, missed opportunities. And we always talk about how you can't put yourself in a position where there is a bad call that could impact the game, you know, there's accountability to be taken there. But, man, like, it's just really frustrating that it came down to that. Like, I feel like, obviously, you didn't want the Eagles to win, so you're like, whatever, you're not going to be upset about it. But even, like, non, I feel like this is, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like a lot of the sentiment I saw from, like, unbiased fans, people who didn't really have a dog in the fight, so to speak, were like, man, this is a pretty lame way for the Super Bowl, which is such a great game up to that point to end on this call, as opposed to here. Here's how I want to actually set this up. So uh, someone I follow on Twitter, good friend, Arkansas Fred, I thought phrased it well. Um, he said, like instead of uh, you know getting to see this legacy-defining drive from Jalen Hurts, we just got. Or, wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it. I have the exact wording here. Um, I'm just pulling it up. Uh, Elon's Twitter is a joke and terrible to use. I'm trying to figure it out here. I'm scrolling through my timeline, and here it is. He said that. Okay, I just don't have it. Um, you can do. I'm this. trying to get it up. It's so pathetic. It's just like I'm trying to look for this one tweet, and I'm scrolling through. And it's, this is a disaster. Um, um, why don't you look, say something to Van? While you look for the tweet. Um,
1: I know that like your position is like people were robbed of like this incredible potential drive from Jalen Hurts. I will say like um, I'm not here to like debate the legality of the penalty. Right. Like I, I'm i not, you know, whatever it was holding. I, I I can, I can understand how somebody can see that as a hold. I can understand your point. Um, my take that you mentioned and stats take, because he and I were talking about this. Um, was it's stupid to say you can't call it in that moment of the game? Like, a penalty is a penalty, like that's that's my only point. Like, and again, like that's independent of this specific penalty, but like a hold is a hold, a false start is a false start. You know what I mean? Like, like you should not, like a penalty should not not be a penalty in certain moments. That's only my only take on this situation. I understand, um, it was anticlimactic, and so to the point you brought up, like, oh, people were robbed of a potential hurts drive, I also like, I like even the Butker field goal was not thrilling you know what i'm saying like it was it was just like you know how um this is what i'm gonna equate it do you have the tweet before i do that yeah okay i don't want to get too far from
2: the tweet. instead of a potentially legacy defining drive we got a bunch of scolding hall monitor types telling us why it was the correct call like i mean that's just the reality it's like if this is like
1: again i don't want to debate this thing but like if it is the right call then i'm happy the right call is made that's all i'm saying but um what it felt like to me is um have you ever seen breaking bad i mean i I imagine the answer is yes so like i watched most of breaking bad on netflix like i didn't want i think i only watched the last season on tv um but so breaking bad like a lot of shows you know when you're watching it on netflix specifically um you know and it's like episode 12 of like uh, a season that has like 24 episodes if, if Walt was in danger, I was never like, Oh my gosh, like what's going to happen here? Cause I knew like, I still got like 20 episodes left. You know what I mean? Like mm. Walt, Walt's going to be fine. Like this is going to get worked out. It's kind of like, um, like, you know, back to survivor when you're fast forwarding through commercials or something and you're like, well, there's only like 12 minutes left. You know what I mean? Like in the hour, like some they're going to have to figure this out in this time. Like you can kind of context clues it a little bit and it kind of ruins reality. I don't know if that makes sense. That's how the Butker field goal felt like it, it, it the the like the coolness of the moment even if you think the Chiefs winning was cool which I obviously did um, the coolness of the moment was impacted it just it was deflated a little bit because even if it's the right call because it's a penalty like again Mm -hmm. even if the penalty had been egregious even if you agree with it like the fact that such a pivotal moment happened that way is just like whatever I mean if it were a movie I would want it to be different but it wasn't a movie it was real life Um, and so it is what it is I do want to say at the beginning here, because we're only about 10 minutes in, I mentioned this on the NFL show and I wanted to say it here. I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to get enough credit Uh, a for how he handled himself after the loss. And I don't think that any Eagles players really getting a lot of credit. I think no offense to Eagles fans, but I think Eagles fans being upset about the call is overshadowing Eagles players being like, look, dude, that's the call. Like we're not going to complain about it. You know what I'm saying? Like they deserve a lot of credit mm-hmm. for that. And I also I think that,
2: I think that in contrast Sirianni, to the 49ers still whining, like literally up to the Super Bowl, you had a lot of thoughts on that. And I, I literally understand. called James Badbury trash. Like, come on, man. Like, really? Um, like, that's just, disrespectful I'm not here to human level. I'm
1: not here to defend the Niners in any way <laughs> for, for how they handled themselves, but you used the words human level. On a human level, I do understand them feeling like it was not, you know, the best way for them to go out. Like, that's a hard pill to swallow. I get that. But obviously, there's a lot. Uh, there, but the thing I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to gonna get enough credit for is the the non timeout call. I don't know, and this is difficult for me to say. I don't know that there's a coach who understands the value of timeouts in the NFL more than Nick Sirianni. Obviously, this is um, leading to the it was third and nine, right? And and he takes the false start or sorry takes the delay of game as opposed to burning a timeout. It becomes third and fourteen, and the Goddard play happens that Andy Reid challenged. I thought it was a. I thought it was the right decision to challenge. I didn't think he was going to win, but I think you have to challenge that, right? Like in that moment, you know, with everything mm-hmm. on the line. Um, but, but that was that—that's that, an elite move to not call that timeout. To understand that that timeout—that's a move that Andy Reid doesn't understand, even himself, now oh. a two-time Super Bowl winner.
2: Well, I mean, it's kind of funny though, because you you could also say, okay, it shouldn't. It's not good that you're not getting the play calls in quick enough. There, something was wrong sure. in the process because that was happening a bit at that point in the game. Like it was like the play, like they had they had the delay of game. Um, so don't love that part of it. Um, but overall, uh, I don't know. I struggled to kind of categorize this game for Sirianni because I thought he did a lot of good things. Obviously, you look at the success of the offense; he deserves credit for that. You know, Shane Steichen's the play caller, but Sirianni is the one. You know. he's part of the process still he's putting the plays into the play sheet that are getting called um so i definitely think he deserves credit for that and the team was not unprepared at all i mean they deleted half like they did i don't think there's a lot to say he was disastrous but at the same time
1: Did, did you see this aj brown tweet or quote going around at this point, the quick, the I don't know if
2: you've seen thing. it today. Yes, well, okay, so this is going to touch on what I'm about to touch on. I mean, I think he needed to be more aggressive, and I don't think A.J. Brown was ripping Nick Sirianni there, right. to be clear. I think he was just being honest in terms of, well, that's the thing. When you kick a field goal to go up six on Patrick Mahomes, who, like, you weren't stopping – then what does that mean? <laughs> There's no point. It's not, they're not making a two possession game. You still need, the Chiefs are still probably going to get a touchdown and you're going to be down. So like, I, I definitely think he was, I said, and this is not hindsight analysis. I said prior to the game on BGN radio that Patrick Mahomes is Michael Myers from Halloween. Like, you, you can like shoot him with a shotgun. You can light him on fire. doesn't matter. Dude's going to keep coming back. You have to do like literally everything you possibly can. You have to like, you know, wrap him up in a coffin and then sink that coffin to the bottom of the ocean, and then like and then put him in a meat grave. Like you have to do like every possible thing, and I don't think Sirianni did that. And it's easy for me to say from you know my chair here as a podcaster, but again, I said it from the the outset that he needed to go for these on it on these fourth downs and he did just at some points in the game i don't want to say he never did um but to not go for it at the fourth and two i think it was at their own 32 right down by one
1: at that point right
2: yeah and i know like maybe game's over if you get that but guess what like why would you think that jonathan gannon was going to get a stop and also from a standpoint of who do you trust more jalen hurts who was like the best player on the field in the entire game and we'll get to him i'm sure or aaron sipos your punter who's coming off an injury and hasn't been good anyway um <laughs> like you, you put the ball on your punter's foot and it didn't work out for you so i i definitely think sirianni could have been better it was not like a an f game for him if we're talking about grade but it was not it was not an a game I don't, or, or maybe a minus but it was not an a plus game and you need an a plus game to beat Mahomes. I agree
1: with that. Um, I'm talking. I agree with you. Like the process that led to the great, you know, non timeout call was broken, right? So like it's like, oh, cool, you dug yourself out of the hole, but like you still dug the hole, right? Um, And I actually have never understood that phrase. Like you dug yourself out. Like you don't dig to get out of a
2: hole. You know what I'm saying? Like the digging's already. Yeah. you, well, could yeah, you do we just keep digging it deeper until you get to the other side of the earth and then <laughs> climb out? <laughs> I that's mean, that, I that's a, I, a weird phrase, but um, I had another thing on the Bradbury penalty. I wasn't done with that. I mean, yes, you can say it's a penalty, but like, yeah, I mean, again, you have to look at it live versus the like if you zapruder it. Yes, it does look like a penalty, and also, okay also going 62 in a 60 mile an hour speed zone is speeding but like really if you're going to get pulled over for a ticket like that are you really going to be like well i, I the, the police officer I mean, is right i was definitely speeding like but like on, well, especially th- with the context of there's areas in life where you can probably get away with that a little bit more than other areas you know where like this is a strict 25 i know areas like that but some areas when it says 25 it really means like 35 or 40. So, like, um, and in this game, the context was that, like, they're not calling everything tight. They're kind of letting the players play. So that's just another frustrating aspect of it.
1: I get your point. And I've brought this up many times at BTV. So people have heard this. And I don't know if I've ever brought it up to you. If I ever told you about the purple pants rule? Mm-hmm. The, yes. Yeah, the purple, you know, the purple pants rule. Very, well, very quickly is if you have a job and you, the job's like, we're going to pay you all this money to do this job. It's a super awesome job. Here's your contract. But then in the contract, it says you can't wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays and you sign the contract like that might be a dumb rule but like if you sign the contract like you know that's the rule and so if like you wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays and then you get in trouble and you're like can you believe this my job is like penalizing me for wearing purple pants to work on Wednesdays. this is so stupid somebody be like yeah that's dumb but like is it, a, is it a rule? And you'd be like, well, yeah, it's a rule. But, like, well, it's a rule. Like, you know, it was a rule. Like, And so I don't want to get hung up on that. Like, I don't think that's fair to Bradbury or to the Eagles or even the Chiefs um, to get hung up on it. But I understand the significance of the moment. I do want to get back to the fourth and two Michael Myers mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I know everybody brought up the Doug Peterson, very similar situation, went for it against the Patriots. And, like, that's kind of the difference um, in this game. And I actually wanted to bring up a tweet of yours after the – was it, I don't know if it was fourth and two or fourth and three – That the chiefs chose to kick the butker field goal and i recognize that was i would honestly say that was even worse um early in the game the butker missed the doink um that was an even worse decision because what was that like they were at the philly like whatever it was like 30 yard line like so you're even you're further downfield i know sirianni's punt was like on his side of the field Um, So, like, in that moment, I think the whole world is screaming, you got to go for this, you have Mahomes, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You missed the field goal, it's the football gods laughing in your face, blah, blah, blah. But you tweeted right then, you said, Nick Sirianni goes for that. And I was really annoyed, but in that moment, I thought, he's right. Like, Nick Sirianni would have gone for that. In that situation, yes. But and so like they're not the same situations, but like at that point, everything you said is true and valid. The context of the moment that hurts is playing out of his mind. Blah blah blah. You know whatever you have to go for that, and and like that's that's the really that 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 was the rogue one sort of storyline of Sirianni's game. I thought like that was the biggest mistake he made, and it felt like I know the Tony play or the Tony return was so, like so quick but it just felt like it went from and the the brown uh quote I'm talking about was when they were up 27-21 mm-hmm. he said he said I th- I thought we could still lose and it was it was so fast that it went from like a 6 point lead to an 8 point deficit like it was it was like 10 minutes of real time and it was it was literally like a blink and you you have to know that you have to play that way and I give Sirianni is really annoying but I give him a lot of credit for playing that way all season long and he got to that one moment
2: and he he stuttered and obviously it was uh, it was fatal yeah, and I was never feeling comfortable with a 10-point lead. I mean, I think I think, I, I go back to, and I again, I said this prior to the game and the podcast about why you need to treat Mahomes like he's the Michael Myers bad guy is because you, you go back to when he was coming back from uh, these huge deficits against the Texans and the Titans back in the playoffs. was, I don't know, like three years, whatever it was ago now. And um, the Niners. They overcame a 10-point lead in that game yeah like it just doesn't matter time. like the 10 point and the 10 point lead especially meant nothing because she's got the ball first at the you know to begin the right. of second half so like it wasn't like you know but i will say um you know we can talk about the bradbury call debate that or whatever one thing that another bad call that i think is kind of getting overshadowed is the Devonte smith catch that was ruled a catch and then overturned i i really disagree that you can say that was a hundred percent not a catch and that is the standard it's not that hey we th- we think it's probably incomplete we're like 99 percent short no you have to say it was beyond the shadow of a doubt. It is clear and obvious. And I don't think that was clear and obvious. I think there's a level of debate. And to be clear, if it was incomplete, it was incomplete. I would say the same thing. I, there's just no, it's not conclusive. It is yeah, inconclusive. One of those
1: like, oh, it's going to be what they called it on the field. It's yes. not like it's,
2: there's not enough to right. overturn it one way or the other. I and mean, that was a big deal because they would have had the ball at uh, the 13-yard line with like just under a minute left. And there's a decent chance they get seven there instead of three. So I think that's kind of gets lost in the shuffle here.
1: I'm, I'm with you and I'm not trying to just be negative. Cause again, I came here, not quite extending the, you know, proverbial olive branch, but wanting to talk about this in a fair way. But like, you know, the Devante had a a catch that was not a catch in the NFC championship game. and I know they blew out the Niners. So like, it really was inconsequential, but like, you know, this, like, I know it's a big moment and it's a big game. And like, but like those, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like the Eagles got all the calls all season long. I'm like, that's not true. Like every team gets calls. Every team has calls work against them. blah, blah,
2: blah. Um, but, but well, the to 49ers that, I know they challenged it. Like we, we said, I, I should I mean,
1: I recognize that. But that's to, on them. That's to, not like to the Eagles getting to the point
2: of the, yet, so the 49ers being dumb. Right, right.
1: Back to the point of this game. Well, I mean, it's it's also the officials messing up. I mean, like that's part of what it is too. Like, you know, and that's why Roger Goodell's like, there's never been better officiating stuff. Line was so stupid or whatever. But, um but like, I I don't think this was a catch, but the miles Sanders fumble, like that's obviously what Chiefs fans counter what you're saying with, right? Like, Oh, that could have been like a a scoop and score too. I, I will say, and I said this on the show on Monday, um, I do, and I think you agree, I respect the officials letting that play out. That should be the rule always, right? Like, if, yeah. if you're questionable about something, let it play out because if that had truly been a fumble, then obviously we want the right result, you know, to be what happened. So I agree it wasn't a catch, but I do also agree that it's kind of close. I mean, like, it's yeah. it's kind of debatable. If it had been ruled a fumble, I don't know that I could have seen them. Or they did rule it a fumble, obviously. But, like, if if more people thought, if Greg, I, I wonder, like, I talked about this with Jeremy on the show. Like, I wonder how much Greg Olson's comments sway people aside from fandom. Like I do think some impartial people were swayed by Olson coming down so hard on the Bradbury penalty is one example. Um, And that's just kind of the way like humans work. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on all of that together.
2: I was never really worried about that, like standing, because it seems like, again, if you pruder things, it's different than watching it in the moment live. And it looked like a bang bing play. That play happens like many times in the season where it's clearly incomplete. They're not going to give that. They're not going to say established possession. Um, so I don't know. I was never really worried about that being ruled. A- the Sanders fumble. Right. Yeah, uh, rule a fumble. Although Sanders' terrible game, <laughs> really bad game for him from the jump. Bad way to go to out, right?
1: I mean, probably not returning. So just a, a bad final moment in an Eagles uniform.
2: Other than the only way I think he's back is if, like, you know, he's out there in the market for a long time and his price just comes like way down, and you bring him back at a, a rate that you thought would not be possible. And that's that's not like out of the question. There are a lot of uh, free agent running backs, I believe, who are going to be on the market. It's a competitive market, um, and you know he might take a million dollars less just for example than he would uh, for some other team that he right moving Texans or whoever yeah so you know I I don't think it's impossible that he'd be back but certainly you're not like making him a priority to, to resign before free agency begins um on the subject of that
1: as we kind of like move to the aftermath of this all um I mentioned Bo Wolf's column in the athletic he said and I think this is fair um that it is very unlikely that the 2023 Eagles are as good you can define that like how you want to um as the 2022 it is incredibly unlikely <laughs> well, I know it's I, like I know and like impossible I I mean we're going to talk about regression to the mean a lot. And I said that a thousand times last year about the Cowboys defense and look at what they did from a turnover standpoint, right? Like they were like the one, so like, it's not impossible, but it is incredibly unlikely. The sacks will likely regress. I would argue that to some degree doesn't mean they'll suck. AJ Brown will regress a little bit. Devontae Smith, even hurts to some degree the rushing success. I think it's really dumb if the NFL like constitutes this rule to like fight against the like scrum play. Like that's dumb. Like it's it's within the rules. Like why why are we? What's the impetus
2: for it? That it was it was wildly successful.
1: Yeah, I mean, but oh, last thing on the game. Um, I I don't know, like. I don't like have a plan to write an article about this, but like I would like to see some sort of study on the art of of like screaming about a penalty because the false start right before the Eagles were going to run the scrum play um, that they were called for. Who was it called? Who was called for that false start? Isaac um, Samalo, the right guard. Um, like that was that was maybe the most critical swing in in because you go from like what was probably a first mm-hmm. down to the Hertz fumble that is obviously the touchdown. Like. And I don't know that the false start gets called if the Chiefs aren't, like, screaming their heads off about it. You know, like, mm. and even even the Bradbury penalty, you sent Juju was quiet, but Mahomes right away is calling for the
2: flag. Mm. Like, there is... No, there is the like flag a human element, and it came out and he saw it after his pass was incomplete. I don't think he was...
1: Well, I, you I know that, like, there that. are times where, like, players or whatever,
2: like, beg for a call and they get one. I don't think so he like, was begging for the call. I think he saw the flag and he was pointing at the flag.
1: Okay, so Mahomes aside, but the false start... I I partly believe was part, at least partly generated by the Chiefs raising awareness to it. You get what I'm saying? like, And so there is like an... I don't want to say an art to that, but that is like a small factor in football, uh, in sports in general, right? Like flopping or whatever. But um, but that was... I think I said it on, on Monday with Jeremy. That was one of the most impactful false start penalties in NFL history. Like that swung the game, basically.
2: The first fumble... Yeah. No, it's definitely... Um yeah it was it was huge. The hurts fumble is it's that's a tough pill to swallow because there's again, I, I said this to Jimmy Kemsky BG radio. There's nothing like interesting to say about that from like there's no bigger point there. It's just an incredibly unlucky thing that happened unlucky like, and uncharacteristic time. for yeah, that's season. what I mean it's not like right. well, there's this is there's this bigger concern that hurts is because then just drop the ball when he's running like no, that's, that hasn't happened like once this year. It's not like Carson wentz who was fumbling a lot because he had terrible pocket awareness. like it's not it's it's nothing it's indicative of nothing larger other than this one very it's not like hey the chiefs made a great play no he just dropped the ball like it's i it's don't even i don't know how to reconcile that and sure enough do it bounced in a way that was not favorable to the eagles but right to set up a Chiefs touchdown um so like i don't know there's nothing interesting to say and it, and it really like Uh, He had an awesome game otherwise, but it's at the same time, it's hard to just like ignore that part because you can't just give the Chiefs seven points. You can't give Mahomes the seven points, that's a huge deal. But at the same time, outside of that one weird, fluky mistake, he was like Pete Sweeney said it. A Chiefs, you know, Chiefs uh, reporter himself said that not Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field in that game.
1: I think if not for the two. I mean, like, two touchdowns are a big deal, but like if not for the two cute little Tony Sky Moore plays that are the touchdowns for the Chiefs, like that padded Mahomes' resume enough to win him the MVP, right? Like, because my point is like, if those had been like Isaiah Pacheco touchdowns or whatever, um, or, you know, something like similar like that, Jarek McKinnon like runs one in whatever. I think there, there's a, a far more compelling case to make Hurts the MVP, even though the Eagles lose this game, which would have been. I want to say ironic, but uh, coincidental that it would have happened the weekend that Chuck Howley was announced as a Hall of Famer. He's the only MVP of a, of a Super Bowl loss um, in NFL history. So it would have been just kind of interesting that that lined up that way. It, it, it definitely did. I mean, the fumble is the only demerit on his thing. And you're right. Like, um, I'm sure you remember the Dak fumble that he had in Philly in 2018. It was kind of similar, right? Like he was just like running and it just like fell out of his hands. Um, it wasn't like, and that's I, I get that it's probably difficult to reconcile because it's not like he got sacked and it was like a punch out. It was just like a, mm-hmm. a perfect bang bang play. It's just like Dropped. drop the ball. Like it's just a weird, you know, kind of like fluky thing that never happens ever. Um, it's tough. I mean, and it's it's tough to say that like I mean, like there's a lot of reason for hope and optimism for the Eagles, but like he Jalen Hurts had maybe like his finest hour and they didn't win the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a hard thing to get. And I don't say that to, to be mean or anything. It's just it's i get that no, it's it's, a tough it's, that's
2: the whole tone of the game and like i think they were the they, they've scored the most points ever in a super bowl loss like this was the game that in so many other super bowls is a winning game like right it's just not in this game so that's and that's the tough part i to sure. it's not like it's not they came out and they sucked and it's like you can be mad or it's, no there's like it's 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 been again part of the reason um it's been tough to talk about after the loss because there's not a lot to like Take on like have takes on like oh this player yeah. just and like, there's the things you can nitpick sure but you can do that in literally any game ever even the Chiefs I'm sure have things they're gonna not like no they're gonna celebrate sure but you can if you really want to you can go through things that happened with them in this game and you can nitpick and say oh we could have won by more of this blah 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 so like I don't know it's just not it's uh, the it sounds simple only one team can win the game that's the rea- <laughs> that's the reality of the game. This was
1: really that like um, this was like a 51-49 split in, yeah. in Kansas City was just on the 51 side of things. Um, you mentioned it. Most points ever scored in a losing effort in a Super Bowl. Obviously, it's been well said. Uh, second team ever to blow a double digit uh, lead at halftime, obviously joining the 2016 Falcons. Um, that one's obviously more embarrassing for you know obvious reasons. Um you know, we'll talk free agency stuff obviously in the coming weeks. And I know you have a list um, up at BGN all the pending free agents on the Eagles, and there are a lot of important ones. Uh, I would guess Jason Kelsey is at the top of your personal list
2: uh i mean i mean yeah we just see you know if he wants to play again right like
1: that's also a unique thing but like as far as like most important players he's got to be at the top of that list i would imagine like who's topping him if not him again i'm not even i'm I'm not even there i'm not even okay well it's just uh, like
2: there's plenty off season we'll get to it but it's just like we don't need to i mean not we again i'm not gonna begrudge anyone who wants to do that and look ahead but like i'm i'm just mentally not there someone who writes about the team literally every day Right <laughs> for the past sure. a billion okay. days, I'm just like I'm not ready. Um, so
1: to sort of keep things positive, although I'm not necessarily interested in that, but I mean, let's also be fair and objective. Um, I wanted to look because it's so often said, like, oh, it's really difficult to get back to the playoffs if you lose a Super Bowl, and I was kind of curious because I didn't totally remember. Um, and I meant to only list ten, but I listed eleven on accident um, when I was compiling the notes, which uh, will serve my um two in in six argument very well, I imagine, with the audience. Uh, But so these are the last 11 teams in reverse chronological order. So like most recent to further in history Um, and what they did. The Bengals a year ago uh, obviously lost the Super Bowl. And they made it all the way to the AFC championship game. And they lost to the team that won the Super Bowl, obviously, in the city chiefs. So, um, you know, good precedent there. The year before, Mm -hmm. the Chiefs lost to the Bucs. And they obviously made it back to the playoffs. They lost in the conference championship game. So you're talking about the last two teams who lost Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. Both made it back to the AFC, or in their case, the AFC championship game. Um, The 49ers lost to the Chiefs the first time around and they missed the playoffs the following year, but they had the most games lost due to injury in 2020. Dallas was second on that list that year, uh, but San Francisco, obviously, was just so beat up, and so they missed the playoffs entirely. The Rams, after losing the Super Bowl in the 2018 season, missed the playoffs in 2019, so very few teams on this list, as you know, Brandon, have missed the playoffs after losing the Super Bowl. Sean McVay, one of them. Sean McVay also had the worst title defense of all time, but tell me more uh, about how Sean McVay is the next Bill Belichick. The 2018 Patriots, who, of course, lost to the Eagles, they came back and won the Super Bowl at the very next year against the Rams. We just talked about the 2017 Falcons. I consider that to be the most impressive one on this list, just given the way they lost the Super Bowl. Um, They did make the playoffs. They won a playoff game against Sean McVay, again, the next Bill Belichick, um, and did lose uh, to the Eagles, obviously, um, in the divisional round of the playoffs um the 2016 panthers who this team kind of felt like to me this eagles team from like a just pure domination standpoint all season long i'm not saying they will have the same fate but they did miss the playoffs the following year but again tell me more about how great ron rivera is um in 2015 the seahawks after the malcolm butler pick they made the playoffs and they lost to the aforementioned panthers in the divisional round of the playoffs Last three here, the Broncos, after getting embarrassed by the Seahawks, they did make it back to the playoffs and they lost to the Colts in the divisional round right before the Deflategate um, saga was born. In 2013, the Niners, who had lost to the Ravens the year before, they made the playoffs and lost in the NFC Championship game. Uh, that was the uh, Richard Sherman, Michael Crabtree, um, mm. you know, sorry corner game, whatever. Um, and then the last one on this list, the 2012 Patriots, who lost the Super Bowl uh, to Eli Manning in 2011 that season, they did make the playoffs in 2012 and lost in the AFC Championship game to the Ravens um, in Joe Flacco's mm. run. So of these 11, uh, last 11, only three missed the playoffs the following year. And uh, the Niners one, you can kind of chalk up to the injuries. Um, and the other two, you can chalk up to some poor coaching in Sean McVay and Ron Rivera.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like, oh, no, the Eagles can't even make the playoffs next year, especially in an NFC that is not like shaping up. Well that, but that narrative exists.
1: And that's why I'm saying like that narrative is kind of false.
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm not like worried about that so much. It's more of just actually being able to win the title. <laughs> A lot goes into that. And the Eagles were so healthy this year. And look, I think there's reasons to be optimistic. Um and pessimistic and I maybe I'll do that for a column for BGN reasons to feel good about uh the team moving forward reasons to feel bad if you're looking for reasons to feel good you yep. know Jalen Hurts being as awesome as he was and honestly you know look he's 24 it's possible he still gets better Wait, might he regress in some ways sure but like is it also he could get better yeah I think it is I think with Jalen Hurts the speci- specifically because he's gotten better basically every year in the past, whatever, many years now. Um, I definitely think that is a big point of optimism. And yes, the Eagles are going to have to pay him a big contract extension, but still you have some kind of window with him here. I do believe in that much. I believe that Nick Sirianni has shown enough to, at the very least, show he's not like a liability. And he does give this team an edge in terms of culture, in terms of analytics and being aggressive. So you have that going for you. Um, I still think, even though the Eagles are losing some coaching staff members, they're still talented assistants here, so they have enough here. And you know they're going to retain some of these free agents; they're not going to lose like literally every single one. Right? And they do well, they, have. And some, they re-
1: have the tenth pick in the draft. Is the tenth pick. Talked, right, they have some right.
2: replacement plans in place in terms of like Cam Jurgens being on the roster and Nicobe Dean being on the roster. Um, so they're definitely not hopeless by any means. Now that being said, again, they were so healthy. You're not going to get that health luck. You're probably just not. Like it's not going to happen. Just because you were incredibly healthy this year um, and so you, to to your
1: i don't say pessimistic point but to your pessimistic point not that they wouldn't have beaten better teams but like you're probably not gonna have the quarterback situation happen in the nfc championship game you're probably not going to draw you know a, a giants team that was overperforming on the season in the division round. now they earned those benefits we talked about that a lot but like you know the division's well, yeah, harder you, you know you might not get the one
2: seat again to your point right
1: Right, I mean, uh, like, so a lot of those things are fair and true. Like, there, that's that regression will come in certain ways, and mm-hmm. it will it will go the opposite direction. You know, in things that were negative this season, obviously, um, and that's like the thing. Like, you, you know, e- even regression can happen like week to week. You can have literally the third best, you know, sack group of all time, and then not get a single one of the Super Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's
2: just it can be that <sighs> fluky sometimes. That's, that's, that's a little. That's the biggest disappointment I would imagine. That is, it is, but like I have a hard time totally being, I, I can't, I just can't buy that it's like 100%, the pass rush just didn't show up. Like that is so impossible for me to believe that like that is 100% the case. Because like, what does that even mean? They just got bad all of a sudden or they weren't trying? Like, I think you have to say more than 0% that the, a field with slippery conditions, which is just a joke that even it's exists at all. Like, it's just pathetic. There's no good reason for that to be a variable in this game, especially to the degree that it was but I think it did specifically not prevent the Eagles from winning but I don't want to hear that like oh both teams had to deal with it yeah they did but like let's say RJ that I uh which which hand do you use are you a lefty or a righty I'm right-handed all right do you know a lefty
1: I mean yes I've in my life I've known somebody who's left-handed yes who is it uh my mother-in-law is left-handed
2: Okay, so let's say you and your mother-in-law have to perform a task. You have to take a test, you know, like a written test. You have to write like an essay. Okay, both of saying. you have to tie your right hand behind your back. That's not proportionally like just uh, that doesn't affect you evenly. Like there's, there's definitely um, a team that is impacted more. And I think specifically when it came to the edge rusher matchup, the Chiefs' offensive line is definitely good, and they should get a lot of credit for playing well. Patrick Mahomes deserves credit for getting the ball out fast. Certainly, these were factors. Andy Reid deserves. Credit for scheming, Eric Bieniemy, all of that. Yes, all that is true. At the same time, the biggest advantage the Eagles had over that Chiefs offensive line was on the edge against Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. And you saw in the game where there'd be rushes where Josh and Reddick would be rushing them wide and they would just fall down. <laughs> like, that's tough. That's um, tough to see.
1: I don't have a passionate take on the. Other than like it was it's stupid that this would exist. That oh, this did would you be the see case. this text uh, from Stats?
2: That's so what I was about to read. About this. Okay, yeah. So
1: uh a tweet from Ollie Connolly is if Stats knows that we're talking about this and need this, uh he um uh, he texted us this. Ollie tweeted that he charted slip slash sodgate. Those are all these words, not mine. The Eagles defense had a player slip on 38% of Patrick Mahomes' dropbacks. Five times they had multiple slippages. The Chiefs defense had a player slip on only 14% of Jalen Hurts' dropbacks with no multiples. Um, Ollie did the work here, so I'm not trying to um, you know, be like, hey, give us some more work. I think he has a sub stack too um, that people should check out, uh, the read optional. Um, I would like to know what the dropbacks were. You know what I mean, like what were the like was one the Kelsey touchdown? You know what I mean? Like I would like to understand what spe- like were they inconsequential? Were they all in completions? I'm not saying this makes it any better or worse, or whatever, but I'm just curious. I do think at the very least, kind of like the Bradbury thing, um, I don't mean to lump all of this into this word, but it does ruin the aesthetic of the Super Bowl, right? Like it's the yeah. freaking Super Bowl dude. like it should be cool. It should everything should aesthetic. be perfect and immaculate. Like you should not have a, a crappy field um, that they took all sorts of victory laps on. I'm sure you saw. Uh, in the lead-up to the game. But, okay, we have a lot more to get to, um, but we should take a break, so let's do that and hear a word from our sponsors.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Brandon, during the break, I told you the movie that I watched over the weekend. What was it? I don't know she didn't actually do that i mentioned it on the nfl show on monday so i thought you would remember um i watched top gun maverick i hadn't seen it oh yeah Um, that's right so i watched it 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 ruled like it was so cool like Mm -hmm. i absolutely loved it um and i probably loved it because i remembered miles teller like continually coping uh during the world series um about how like what was the line he had like in the in the like hallway he was like Remember, this is going to be the moment that the Phillies came back and won it, so um, it makes it easier for me to enjoy. But that's the, my only snide remark. Uh, this particular episode, um, I feel like we've done all the like Super Bowl post mortem that we can. We do have other Eagles
2: things to get to if you're ready to do that. Well, I will say, um, controversially, low key, the person I believe in charge of the field is a T-San, so or is from Kansas City, <laughs> at least. So, you know, a little suspicious.
1: Um, okay, so you and I started recording this actually on it is Tuesday, Valentine's Day. It's now 12 p.m. Central, uh, Central Standard Time on the dot. Uh, we started recording right when Shane Steichen's introductory press conference happened as the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get to that, it did feel to me, I don't know, but like, like both coordinators were going to return and then sunday morning happened it felt like sunday morning before <laughs> the game was the like wave of like well both Shane Steichen and jonathan gannon are going to leave after all blah 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 like and it makes sense obviously like given that the cardinals and colts to be clear um at the time of this recording there's still no news on the cardinals job but it it, it does make sense but it was just kind of like out of nowhere like these big bombs like they're about to you know take these jobs so uh, i'm sure that made the day more interesting as well
2: uh, there's some writing on the wall in terms of, I think we, we'd seen like the Cardinals are pausing their search. That was kind of midweek last week. And you know, the, the fact that this the Colts search was going on for so long, there was some, you know, thought that, okay, maybe they're just waiting for a Super Bowl assistant. And right. certainly that was the case. I believe actually when he paired to Mike Silver, he on Saturday night said that like there's buzz that um, Steichen and Gannon are very much in play for these Colts and Cardinals jobs, even though we hadn't seen a ton of that. So uh, there was an inkling there, but certainly it became more definitive on Sunday about Steichen to the Colts. And uh, interested to see how that goes. Steichen, you know, had a big role in the Eagles' offensive success. He took over play calling for Nick Sirianni during the turnaround. That was in twenty twenty one,
1: right? Okay, yeah, that's that's our understanding. I wanted to make sure the the Cowboys fans listening and reading um, believe it. To again, I don't want to like, you know, just be so like obtuse, but like the offense was was not. Thriving. Steichen took over. By the way, Shane Steichen called plays for Justin Herbert, his rookie year with the Chargers. Um, but so Steichen takes over, I don't know if it was mid-2021, but then then the run game gets going, and obviously it was the play caller in 2022.
2: Yeah, and again, I want to make the distinction that it's not like like Sirianni is you know part of he, he's putting plays into the play sheet that are getting called. Like he's very much involved in the process. It's not like a hands-off process. Um, but yeah, I mean that's gonna be a big uh thing for the Eagles to replace here it seems like Brian Johnson who is the Eagles quarterbacks coach and has a relationship with Jalen Hurts and has been an offensive coordinator at the college level at Utah for two years Houston for one year and then Florida most recently for one year um, will be the replacement he's getting a lot of interviews for other jobs I know the Ravens hired Todd Munkin but Brian Johnson was said to be in the mix there and possibly the timing of Munkin getting hired today on Tuesday might have to do with the fact that Johnson will not be leaving because he's going to stay in Philly because Steichen is an Indy. Uh, so that's the, I think the big name to watch there. And then we'll see with Gannon. Um, you know, I think Steichen's obviously the bigger loss just because of the Eagles offensive success. I don't think it's like that. They're doomed without him. because so I still think they have a lot of good things going for them. And I think Johnson is, from what I've gathered, you know, I don't, I have not seen him call plays extensively, but from what I've gathered in press conference settings he seems like a real inspiring guy Jalen hurts loves him a lot so they're on the same page um so that's the offense and then gannon we'll see yeah uh but would not be heartbroken to see jonathan gannon go
1: um i haven't been a jonathan gannon fan i have said before that i thought he was over criminalized he is clearly um i think the term scapegoat implies that like he did nothing wrong. He obviously did not have a great game in the Super Bowl. Um
2: zero but exact, like zero takeaways. And he based in Mahomes completed over 80% of his passes. Like it's just it's not that you're going to shut him down. But you need to do like you need to have one thing. Dang your head on and he and he didn't. The only stop he got right was the the um the missed field goal where the Andy Reid should have went for it. And well, they, punt? To your,
1: they no, they kicked the field goal and he missed it. Harrison, Butker. so
2: no force punts, right? No, there were, sorry, well, there were a couple of months. Yeah, there Okay, were.
1: but, like, to, to the point you made, whatever it was, 40 minutes ago, I mean, they're a, what BLG deems to be unfair penalty. I'm not saying you say it was unfair, but you get my point. They're that away from him getting a critical third down stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, I and, again, I'm not sitting here and be like, let's give Jonathan Gannon a bunch of credit. But, like, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you can't out of one side of your mouth be like, the penalty was crap, blah, blah, blah. But Jonathan no. Gannon did nothing. I mean... So
2: even if even if that was the case, I mean it's still the same result in terms of you allowed they ultimately allowed a field goal. Yes, field goal with more time on the clock. But you in the second half their the Chiefs drives would have then been touchdown, 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 field goal. Sure. Like it's not it's not great. I mean if it was a below was... average performance anyway. You, you slice it. I feel Agreed. Like. You get, I mean Mahomes zero sacks, I... have zero takeaways.
1: And he had one incompletion in the second half, and it was the you know crazy you know merry-go-round thing, whatever. Um, but I mean, it is Mahomes, right? Like, so this becomes this like we don't have to like Mahomes everything, right? Like, oh, like we, he doesn't have to be absolute trash because he got outworked by Patrick Mahomes, right? Like a lot that welcome to the world, you know what I mean? But I again, I, I get the point. All I'm saying is like he was a very good defensive coordinator for most of the season. He had his flaws, unfortunately. His, for you, his biggest flaw was in the most important game.
2: Well, this, but that's something we said leading up to the game. That was one of the biggest concerns, and I wrote about it for uh, a post that ultimately went up on Arrowhead Pride, like the three reasons why we think our, each of our teams will lose and gain in against quarterbacks who are any kind of level of good to great. Above that, not good, not a good track record. And Eagles didn't play a ton of those this year, but when they did, you know, they certainly did not shut down Aaron Rodgers. Dak had that huge game. Like it's just. You can't get it just seems from a philosoph- philosophical perspective that Ganon's strategy to really kind of dumb it down is just like to wait to wait and kind of hope that quarterback's gonna make a mistake and and rely on the pass rush and it just feels like sometimes you gotta have like a trick up your sleeve or something you have to force the issue I feel like that you can't just let the other quarterback methodically move down the drive because I get like the i know you don't want to allow big plays in theory, but sometimes. A big play, especially like if, if let's say the Eagles allowed a big play at the end of the game on that that final drive, the Chiefs score, then he goes and have a chance to get the ball back. <laughs> like the thing with Jim Schwartz when he said to Doug Peterson at the end of Super Bowl 52, he literally, there was like a mic'd up clip of him saying like, I'm going to get you the ball back one of two ways. Either like they're going to go score or we're going to get a turnover. Like he, his point is I'm going to be really aggressive here. And it's either going to burn us or it's going to work out. And sure enough, it worked out. And even though Jim Schwartz allowed 33 points in that game, he like he he made he, this is what Ganon needed to do. He needed to have that one play to be able to hang your hat on to steal a possession, and he never did.
1: I mean, they almost they tried to let the Chiefs score at the very end on the McKinnon play, but I mean, again, I'm not again, I'm I'm they're really not going to sit here and defend Jonathan Gannon.
2: Um, it, yeah, I think it was too late at that point. They really should have like let him let them score earlier. Like I, don't, I think Pacheco had that big run to the left side and Chauncey Gardner right. Johnson came down made a good tackle, and I know it's hard to be like say don't make the tackle, but I feel like you almost have, I, to, I just you think, almost have to do that. I
1: think if anything, and I think, I think people are only applying this to Jonathan Gannon, like maybe the Eagles defense, and again, I'm not here today to be rude, but like was a tad overrated across the season, and some of it was a result of the quarterback play like you talked about, Like, and that's not their fault, right? Like They just mm-hmm. played who was in front of them, um, but like, like you said, I mean, who was the best quarterback they played before this? Was, was it not Dak? I mean, you know, like,
2: like the best three you would say were Aaron Rodgers, Dak, and Jared Goff, probably, and they all and, had like big performances,
1: right? And that's what that's what I'm saying, like you know, and I'm again, I that's was, not that's not to say was, like oh they yeah. are losers and trash, but like no, they set the
2: NFL record for sacks, like you right. can't, can't. Who was the? Almost did.
1: I'm actually asking the question: Who was the like stellar quarterback that they limited? Kirk, maybe that's the one.
2: That's the that's the best one you can point to, and obviously, I'm not really feeling super strongly about that (laughs) but really just going back to even last year though like just the whole sample size of ganon like what what can he hang his hat on and be like wow he really had that game plan for x and i i get it like these quarterbacks are great so it's not i'm not asking him to be like zero touchdowns three interceptions that's not no one is asking for that but can you not get eviscerated by them can you not allow them to complete Over eighty percent of their pass, like it's just too easy. That's the thing. I think there's a crux of it. It's like it's just too easy at a certain level. It's like the the other quarterback doesn't even look like they're like sweating out there. It's just like, oh, this is really easy. I'm just gonna pick them apart. It's laborious, yes, because of how much like you have to methodically move your way down. So it takes like effort in that sense. But in the standpoint of like, it's just the whole. We're gonna play off all this. I'll take advantage of that. And I think this is what I said to Jimmy on BGN Radio. I'll repeat myself here. It's tough because you see, you know, a lot of a great stuff from Gannon in terms of these defensive ratings and whatever you want to say and how they rank at the end of the day, though, this elite quarterback thing is a big deal if you want to win a championship because you're going to have to stop one at one point. And I just feel like it's hard to feel like you're ever going to get over that hump with him.
1: They almost didn't have to. I mean, they were, you know, who knows to what degree away from their three playoff games coming against Daniel Jones whoever you want to call the Niners quarterback for the game um, and Chad Henney, you know what I mean? So, um, and again, like that's the kind of like, call it luck, call it whatever that is probably not going to be as prevalent next season. And so you're probably going to, I mean, you are going to have to play more elite quarterbacks. What? So you play the AFC East, you get, you get Mahomes first of all, because of the 17th game. -hmm. That's the chiefs. Uh, You think so? Like you really believe that? I mean, what else
2: are they, what else are they going to put?
1: I mean, that was, my argument to Jeremy on on Monday was like, we've kind of seen everything else. Like, I don't need to see another Mahomes Allen. Like, you know, like, you know, just like, it would be, I think the most too, interesting thing
2: would be Chiefs Eagles. It's too, it's just, I feel it's a no-brainer. You're just, you're, you're officially like tying a bow in the 2022 season at that point, right. and kicking it off into 2023. Um, well, the Panthers did have to go through that.
1: I mentioned that to Jeremy as well. Um, they had to visit Denver um, and watch them raise the banner um, for that Super Bowl. But, um, okay, so Mahomes is one I would put Dak up there again, uh, not in this order, but Mahomes, Dak, Josh Allen's another. Obviously, um, it, it depends, obviously, what happens, you know, this offseason. Obviously, whether Aaron Rodgers is a Jet or not, uh, whether what Miami does, maybe you believe two is in that mix. Um the Vikings you'll get, you know what I mean? Like again, I know you don't believe in, in Kirk Cousins, but that's another one. Um, and whatever the um this is the NFC West, right? For the the NFC East this year. So I know you don't want to like think too far into the future, but like Kyler, maybe I know they beat the Cardinals this year. But by the way, did you see um that the Chiefs had this was really funny, uh Chiefs had more wins in Arizona
2: this year than the Cardinals? Yeah, that was that was also <laughs> gonna apply to the Eagles if the Eagles
0: won. Oh,
1: that's right, because they won their too. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um,
1: that was funny. Um, that was really, really, really funny. Um, so kudos to to that person. Okay. We have a few other NFC East things to fly through. Um, if we have no more thoughts on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Um Did you like Rihanna, by the way? It's my last question. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. She killed it. Thought she'd do great. Yeah.
1: It was awesome. I said this too. Uh, I wrote about the show for espionation.com. It was hard to enjoy because at that point it like I was feeling like, oh man, it's, not going the way i want so i want to
2: change my answer uh, from my favorite song to uh umbrella because that's the only one i could just think of off the top of my head and i panic picked and uh, oh, uh, only week? girl in the world i think that's the that's the best one actually
1: that's a great rihanna song i was a little bit bummed we didn't get disturbia i was really hoping for that um holden said but... the same
2: thing he was sitting right next to me when we're watching my friend holden who is a big yeah. nfc mix tape listener I, i've been he was like what he's, he's gonna do it right and i'm in this at this point it had been like whatever many i I knew was winding down i'm like i'm sorry buddy i don't think it's coming
1: yeah i mean
2: that would have been
1: great please don't stop the music would have been cool but i mean i really really got to so much
2: too like i was so that was i was really impressed with that that they got she got to so much but like it didn't feel like too much it was the right balance of hit a lot of the great things but also don't like make it so much that it doesn't flow at all
1: it was literally the right like you're saying the right amount of each song to sing like Mm -hmm. she didn't she didn't stick on one song too long it was just it was perfect it was like like a great dj just like going from one to another um although she was obviously not the dj um okay so uh continuing our theme uh there are off season order obviously will be eagles cowboys giants commanders that is the order that they finished the nfc east in this past season the dallas cowboys had no real big news except for the fact uh i told you this on friday uh, right before we recorded the look ahead with steven uh by the way Steven yeah, we went over on all of our uh, same game parlays this season and Steven ruined it. Um you and I hit we hit
2: really early actually um our yeah. our legs so um way to go Steven I mean, for ruining that. I feel really good yeah. about my leg. I said I said on the on the show like i think jalen hurts not only has a chance to hit the over on this but i think he has a chance to break the record for super bowl rush and he did look
1: if we're talking about who should feel the best i took jalen hurts anytime touchdown score he had three freaking touchdowns so like as far as the way that metric is evaluated so like i mean let's give me some props here but um anyway
2: than him breaking a whatever i
1: i told y'all um that thursday night i we we had all the octopus
2: sorry by the way too right the touchdown and the two-point conversion same right, player scoring
1: correct. it yep. um right so um i um i told you that thursday night we were all prepped at btb and you know how this goes for anyone who wants to know how the sausage is made we had some pre-rides and some graphics ready demarcus Ware, hall of famer boom right on yep. chuck holly like i said only mvp uh to lose the super bowl we got this stuff had ready ready boom awesome cowboys have two hall of famers and i was feeling a little bit sick i still kind of sound that way i know that um so i was super excited brandon i was gonna like close the laptop i was going to head over to hogwarts to start the new game i had my whole thursday night plan boom Dak prescott wins walter Payton nfl man mm-hmm. of the year goodbye night you know how that goes uh mm-hmm. and so i mean obviously a very cool thing um you know whether you think Dak prescott is good or bad he is a tremendous human being and so it was really cool to see that happen uh for him and so kudos to Dak
2: prescott should have been brandon graham <sighs> or it should have, I mean, or he should have gotten comeback player of the year. I think it was a disservice to not have Brandon Graham recognized. Okay, so him you player.
1: can't say that Dak Prescott's a wonderful human despite the fact that he won Walter Payton Then if I'm end of the
2: year, I mean, I could bring up some things, but I'm not going to do that.
1: It was a great night for Dak Prescott, a uh, great night um, for DeMarcus Ware, obviously, who was on uh, Blog on the Boys last week. People can go back and listen to or watch that interview um, on Blog on the Boys channels. Awesome for Chuck Howley. Uh, did you have a, a hard or strong take on the Hall of Fame class as a whole, obviously, outside of them?
2: No. I don't, honestly, like I don't really care about the Hall of Fame, Like, pa- like super passionately. I just don't. I don't.
1: Um, I mean, I know it's hard for you today. It was kind of cool to see Joe Thomas get in. Zach Thomas finally got in former cowboy um once upon a time um uh, so yeah, other than that, it was kind of chalk. Maybe I'll care like more world. when
2: I get older, but I just feel like you know some of these players I didn't really you know, like fully watch or like I don't know, like I'm not watching uh, Joe Thomas. I know he's great, but, like not like watching Browns I'm not watching him play. I don't know, just don't feel like a strong connection to it.
1: I went to um I told Joe Thomas, this. he was on blog on the boys a long time ago. Um, I went to Brown's training camp in 2008. I was in the Cleveland area and me and my dad went and I met his grandparents. He was a second year player at the time, Joe Thomas, and his grandparents are the coolest people. Um, they like his grandfather had like an orange, his grandmother, I'm sorry, had like a orange Mohawk. Like they were dressed in all sorts wow. of like wild, crazy, cool, fun gear and like had all sorts of stuff like uh so super cool to see them supporting him so happy for joe thomas and his family like i said friend of btb um but uh but yeah i don't really have like a, a passion take. happy for debarcus Ware. happy for chuck alley happy for Dak prescott um did you watch any of nfl honors at all
2: no zero chance okay. i went to bed at like wait when was that when we Thursday night? thursday okay. night no i did not
1: yeah um i guess on uh cowboys note just to you know make sure we get this in here um uh, you know, it was a busy week, not covering the Super Bowl because we had a lot of interviews and stuff. Trayvon Diggs uh, stopped by blogging the boys and kind of issued a decree and asked Cowboys this fans is, to... Uh, this is so sad. To clamor to get Stephon Diggs. Like, he, but, like, I'm not making this up. Like, he literally said, everybody tweet, get Stefan to Dallas. Okay. Um, so, and I'm Stephon sure Diggs... Well, I'm just sure to the be Bills clear. i will trade him. Stefan Diggs was uh, interviewed by USA Today the next day on Friday. And he was asked about this. And he was, you know, he was, I think said the right things, like had enough fun with it, whatever. Neither of them were like, well, we could play together in Buffalo. <laughs> like that was, that oh, was never, like the argument or like never a line. It was just like, oh yeah, we could play together in Dallas. Like it's just, it's a funny thing. I don't think it happens either, but, um, this is a new off season thing to watch out for. That's all I'm saying.
2: I mean, yeah, the bills would take on $37.5 million in dead money and actually lose 17 million if they trade him. So. And then even next year, they would take on a $25.7 million dollar debt. So, like, he's not really tradable until 2025, which is his age 32 season at that point. Yeah. Tough scene.
1: Um, but, um, oh, well, but that's, that was the biggest news outside of everything. Um, the New York Giants on the subject of NFL honors, Brian Dable did win coach of the year. I don't think either of us have a problem with that. It makes sense. Obviously, he, had a phenomenal season um i also wrote Kadarius tony in the notes just because he had the big night he, he i think if he takes that punt return back he's super bowl mvp by the way
2: maybe um probably not i mean they'd love to give it to the quarterback uh yeah ryan dable got beat by nick sirianni and spanked um two out of the three times so that's kind of funny uh first i forget what the, mm, i forget what it was first uh I think the Giants are the first team that the Eagles have ever beaten three times in one season. Um, so there you go.
1: Well, that I mean that, that doesn't happen a lot, like that opportunity. Right. right. But it's so. you know,
2: it's a thing. Um, Dable's great. I thought he maximized the talent. Um it's in it's 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 interesting because progress isn't always linear, as people like to say, and the expectations are higher now. Like, you know, the expectations have been raised because of what he did this year and the pressure is on we'll see if he can do it i think this is a very critical off season for the giants i think as, as i've said before they can kind of go one of two ways i think most fans are just going to assume that it's definitely going up but there's the potential to kind of get these decisions wrong depending on what happens with the daniel jones contract i think they're going to sign him but really the saquon thing that's the big thing like how they handle right. that situation is a really big decision if you give him the z contract or something dumb like that not optimal um but we'll see
1: i saw um i mean this has been said many times but i saw daniel jeremiah tweeted i think on monday he was like this running back class is loaded you know there's like day there's starters on day three and it's like hey cowboys hey everybody listen like look at this tweet like stop doing the thing and do the smart thing please um i was kind of so surprised was the
2: free agency class like i said right, like right, you know, right. there's a lot of options
1: oh, but- But to that point, like why pay somebody in a free agency? Well, I'm saying you can
2: just wait is my point. You don't have to go out and I'm saying pay the big bucks. But I'm saying just don't pay anyone and wait. And then eventually someone will probably be available at a good price.
1: Great point. Uh, My last thing on the Giants, um, I had two things, and this is one. Um, I was kind of surprised we didn't get, like, a line from either of them in in Super Bowl week. You know what I mean? Like, you would have thought that one of them would have been on with somebody and said something about a deal or a contract or whatever. Um, But, I don't know, just didn't totally happen. The second thing, uh, on the subject of a team being another three times in a season, 2009 Cowboys uh, beat the Eagles three times in one season. But, you know, whatever. Um, And, uh, okay, so that's the, uh, the Giants side of things. Washington has a little bit of news going on. Um, so first of all, um, Eric B obviously a uh, chiefs offensive coordinator is thought to be their potential new offensive coordinator. Um, and it was reported on Tuesday that Greg Roman is going to interview for
2: it as well. So, um, they're a long ways away from Scott Turner. Uh, it, it does feel like this is, uh, I mean, Bieniemy would seemingly be a pretty, intriguing hire especially relative to what it seems like they would be able to get and i think there might be something there to the you know old andy reed uh coaching tree that kind of gives rivera an edge mm-hmm. and inside like track to getting that where other teams might not be able to kind of convince him to leave or or work for them as an offensive coordinator um so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one i think that would be a good hire for them uh greg roman everyone likes to hate on him but i mean he has produced some successful offenses so uh and and they really I'd imagine be running leading into the running game at that point, but it's weird because um we don't know who Washington's quarterback will be unless they're just sticking with Sam Howell. Well, but that, that would Ron not.
1: Rivera did say that last week. Um I know you were really busy, but he gave an interview and said, I don't know who it was with. I so apologies, but that they're likely going to begin everything with Sam Howell as QB one. But I mean, you know, take that for, but you will at this point. In the I mean, season. yeah,
2: you have to say that at this point because he's your only quarterback under contract, right? I mean, I mean, they're going to cut Wentz at some point here, and Harnieke, I guess, is a free agent. Um, other thing on Washington is that I know Josh Harris, who owns the Sixers, which is so stupid, uh, was touring their facility, I believe, recently. Right. So that's another thing to watch there on the ownership front. Still sounds like Bezos is in play. We'll see. how. I want to get your take on this because for me, as – it was already weird when Josh Harris bought the Devils because as you, you brought this up, know, right? Like yeah, the whole yeah. tri-state area geographical the, thing, right? Like, how would you how would you feel if you were in that situation? Does it matter to you? Um, it definitely seems weird, right? It's definitely weird. It's weird for like the owner of the Sixers to then also own the Devils, the Flyers rival, and then the Commanders, the Eagles rival. Like that's a real – and especially because their, their buildings are all right there together in South Philly. It's just a strange thing.
1: It doesn't bother me. I mean, like if I if I look at it through my own personal lens, Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys, Jim Crane owns the Astros and they actually work in partnership with one of they, uh this is, I think, interesting. Last week, they um, released a joint statement. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like basically like advocating for gambling to become legal in Texas. So like mm. you get those two dudes involved, you know, what I'm saying like all of a sudden, like looks like, every, you know, and they obviously realize there's a lot of money to be made there. But anyway, um, and the Glazer family owns Manchester United and so like. Like, do you think it's weird that they own the Bucks and Manchester United? You know what I mean? Oh, no.
2: you know. What I mean, like, I mean, those are different, like, realms, like who who
1: though. is the like who's the like ideal? Countries. I know, but like, who? Like, I don't know. Like, like so. My
2: I guess my point, like,
1: I'm not like attached to Jerry Jones or Jim Crane as a Cowboys or Astros fan.
2: You know what I'm saying? So, like, you wouldn't think it's weird if like Jerry Jones also bought like the Phillies and like owned the Phillies too?
1: No, why? Like, why would that? Like, how would that inhibit? It would
2: be a weird dynamic, I feel like. It's just strange. I don't. I mean, like, and Well, like, who are your biggest rivals in the other teams you like? I mean, I guess, like. The Yankees, maybe, for the Astros? Yeah. It's hard to call it a rivalry when they, like, they own them. But Well, uh, whoever. Who would it be? Is there anyone that would apply or no?
1: But, like, nothing would apply for me because, like, I I wouldn't get, like, I wouldn't be bothered. Like, I'm not rooting for the owner.
2: I mean, the Spurs are owned by the Holt family. I mean, so still, like, I mean. I think it's weird. You don't have to think it's weird, but I think it's weird. Um, I mean, like. It's not a good vibe. You can't tell me that's a good vibe. It's not a good vibe. It's a bad
1: vibe. I don't. Who's it a bad vibe for? In this case, the The fans. We're like, this is a weird. No, but like, who, like, what fans? Like, the Commanders fans, Eagles fans, Sixers fans. Like, who, like, who's the most? I'm actually asking, like, who's the most impacted? I think Sixers
2: fans because you know you come in with this ownership and it's like, okay, they're committed to the team, but then they're like buying all these other teams who are, and then it just kind of feels like cheapened. Like, oh, what if they are committed? What if they're equally
1: committed to the Sixers and to the Commanders? You know what I mean? Like,
2: (sighs) I don't know. I think it's weird. By the way, Sixers. Um, if they it's lose, it's weird the NBA because then like finals, the Sixers are tweeting out like, "Hey, go Eagles!" and the but like they don't mean that.
1: They share a city. Like, what do you mean? Like they don't mean that? Like they? They're the that, owner the,
2: of the team I, doesn't mean that I think, though. Like I think the you're ownership. Way too much of a, like. There are way
1: so like you don't think it's weird that Bryce Harper was a Cowboys fan and then like played for for Washington and then like adopted the Eagles because he became a Philly. That's that's weirder to me than what you're. No, because
2: it's just like a personal choice versus actual ownership and like like apparent rooting interest.
1: Do you think it's weird when and not? Do you think it's weird when former players become owners of teams they didn't
2: play for? Um, no, not really. So like the 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 Derek Jeter stuff. Like Derek Jeter owner? was like
1: a part owner or had the like role, like maybe oh, not owner, but like the
2: parcel owner stuff is like BS though. Like Will what about Smith when is the they become coaches? Of the Sixers, but like he's never what, around. It's what about when they become
1: only. like coaches or prominent figures for like like I don't know? Um, no, I think like Larry, think like Larry Bird. To
2: me. If Larry Bird like coached the Lakers or something,
1: yeah, or like or like Michael Jordan with the Bobcats, like you know what I'm saying? Or not the Bobcats, the Hornets. But I go to say like what what about nah. that?
2: I mean, not enough of a rivalry factor I think there, we've, too. we've
1: wasted too much time on this. Um, yeah, probably. So, but I was going to say, um, so the the Philadelphia Union lost the MLS Cup. The Phillies yep. lost the World Series. On the
2: same the, day that the Phillies lost the World right. Series. Uh, the
1: Eagles I lost mean, the Super be Bowl. I mean, let's be clear,
2: though. though like, the Union won. Like, I have, you know, like, I like the Union. I cheer, but, like, nowhere I'm just I'm just saying what close. like the
1: what the tweets were and what the content
2: has been yes. made around so the, uh, the
1: union agreed like lowest level impact for most fans no it ramped up
2: their heartbeat right it was like okay uh, that's, that's a bummer that sucks but okay whatever. well and, it, and, and then, then, then
1: it then led to the like if they lose the MLS cup in the world series on the same day like if, <laughs> like the did, union loss was worse because of the world series loss but so well the Phillies uh, lost
2: the series was over to me at that point. Anyway, I wasn't like right, right. just devastated. They lost. I was more devastated about the game five or whatever it was. But also the, it was weird it the Eagles were playing that night or game. Yeah. Game five. Right. Right.
1: right. Game five was the Chaz McCormick. Thursday night. Right. Yeah. And, and when they and were, Eagles were playing,
2: them. so it was like kind of weird. because I was like, couldn't really even fully focus on that anyway. All right.
1: All that happened this Eagle season back to your earlier point. But OK, um, so uh, Phillies lost the World Series. Eagles lost the Super
2: Bowl. Are you worried about the Sixers? I mean, I'm I am very confident the Sixers <laughs> will not make the finals. I'm extremely, I mean, a, a team that has not done that since 2001. Uh, and also, if you talk about man, if we were doing, if we were talking about the Sixers at all, like if I was podcasting about them, like they are a bad vibe team. They're not a good vibe at all. There's there's a lot right. of big loser energy with uh, that team and some of the players on that team.
1: Um, last thing on the. Um the the commanders before we like tie a bow on this um it was reported last week um in the in the mix of everything that the commanders might not pick up chase young's fifth year option we talked about that when he was you know taking forever to come back like you kind of have to do it but i get it if you're at least thinking about not doing it
2: he's only been available for 26 or 27 out of 50 possible games in his career i mean yeah and, you know, he wasn't really playing well prior to he got hurt. I mean, he only had one and a half sack uh, the before he got hurt in 2021. So it's not really like crazy to me that they wouldn't do that. I mean, I think you have to let it play out. I don't think you can just assume, especially, um, you know, they have more information than we do. Maybe that recovery or that injury was a, a very serious. And they're mm-hmm. kind of worried about what his future is going to look like. So, yeah, I think that's the right call.
1: We talked about this too. He's missed. I don't know what it is off the top of my head now, but he's missed like, I don't know, like 80% of divisional games. So, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not even like yeah. a huge impact. He played Eagles
2: once or twice. He didn't,
1: twice. I, think, I think he played in the first game against Dallas in 2021, but he's missed. Um, well, he mm-hmm. played in the last one, but the last one was inconsequential, obviously for them. But uh, yeah, tough scene. Uh, okay. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up?
2: Uh, I don't think... I don't know if you touched on Jalen Hurts specifically as much. Ooh. I mean, you you gave him credit, I'm not saying you didn't. I'm saying like I mean, how, phenomenal this, game. Did this, yeah, did this change your outlook on him? Are you willing to admit he's the best quarterback in the NFCs? Uh,
1: yes. I think I think he's clearly very good. I think we we were both maybe you more than me uh wrong about him as far as what we said this time a year ago. Um, he took the leap. I'm I'm not gonna like pick apart the like lack of passing in this game, whatever. I mean, it wasn't required. That was always like the conversation, right? Like, well, we haven't seen it, but it hasn't been necessary. Blah, blah I blah. mean, he made
2: high level throws in this game, like no, some he really he did. incredible throws. I mean, and
1: I, I love the decision on the AJ Brown touchdown. Like, I love the like give your guy a chance, you know, type stuff. That's um, a skill. And yeah, he's uh he's a top call. Trayvon Diggs actually uh, tweeted about this right before we or like ten minutes ago, real time. Uh, he's a top five quarterback, like. I'm, you know, we could sit here and debate like I would take Josh Allen or Joe, Burrow, like mm-hmm. whatever he's, he's in that group. I mean, it's Mahomes in his like own universe. And then like, then the conversation starts for like, who do you want next? You can make an argument for Allen, Burrow, Hertz. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. I would put Dak on the next, you know, kind of plane or wave uh, with maybe, uh, maybe Trevor Lawrence is on his way there. Justin Herbert's there. Like I don't put Justin Herbert in the same mixes as as i just said um so Mm -hmm. you know we'll see but um but he's very good i do think regression's coming for the eagles as a whole that's not again like a insult or anything but like the the rushing success will be an interesting thing to watch i mean like how teams attack the eagles in in 2023 um how smart you have to be i mean his season in some ways was very similar to Dak's rookie season and we saw the way the Cowboys played Dak be different and become different. And he became a better passer, And like a lot of those things improve, like you talked about, like elements and aspects of Jalen's game can improve and get better. Um, So I'm interested to see him kind of take the next step. He's going to get the the big contract, the bag, whatever he deserves it. Um, He is very, very, very good. And I'm genuinely interested to see what the team looks like with him having to be the driving force when, when the defense does regress, when Kelsey's gone or whatever the case may be um, I mean it, it is it is going to be Jalen Hurts' hurt this team and I can tell you as a team you know as somebody who roots for the Cowboys it's it's hard <laughs> it's hard when when the quarterback has to be the main guy because then you end up where we're at saying like he needs help he needs help he needs help and so that's I think my last thought is it it's it's a really unfortunate loss obviously but you 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 know that it happened in in his rookie contract window that's a, another bitter pill to swallow like this was the time and and you you came so close i mean and there's no shame in that it's just it's tough it's tough
2: it's a big miss opportunity i think along the lines of the ethos of this podcast though more than one thing can be true it could also be the beginning of a hertz window here for some time that sees you know i'm not gonna go and say it's you know anything guaranteed to what the chiefs have had but you know something where they're going to, you know, multiple uh, NFC title, like the 49ers have, you know, they've, they've made it there. Um, Granted, so with, like a, a
1: complete opposite level of quarterback sustainability. But yeah, like, yeah, yes, totally. but, like I'm, I'm, in
2: terms of being this NFC staying power, I do think uh, nothing is guaranteed, but I do think because of the landscape and because of Hertz and some of the positives that this organization still has going for them moving forward, I think there is credence to them, not like, Guaranteeing they're the one seed every year, but being this like this nor- this this team in the NFC for multiple seasons where they're a big factor, just like prior to this season, really the Bucks were, and the, both Brady and the Packers have been viewed that way for a long time, and the Rams were for a little bit there. Like they've, you know, they're in that staying power kind of class for now until things change.
1: I think. I feel very confident. Um, I wrote an article. It was five thoughts after the Super Bowl, whatever, something like that uh, related to the Cowboys. And one of them was that it's a very good time to be a top team in the NFC, right? Like, like true or false, the three best teams in the conference are the Eagles, the Cowboys and the Dyers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, put them in whatever order you want. Like as the season unfolds, like they're like, I feel I, if you had to give me those three or the field to win the conference, I would take the three, you know what, what i mean? Justin like, Fields. Um, I mean, not this coming year, but like maybe, maybe the Giants get aggressive, maybe, maybe the Lions take a step, maybe the Vikings get it together, you know, maybe, maybe the Rams kind of come back, maybe the Seahawks get it. T- but like, those are bigger, maybe propositions for me. And so like, I do think that the, each conference is is kind of top heavy. Like you've got the three teams I mentioned in the NFC and the AFC, I, I mean, I would say the foils, I would say the chiefs right now are akin to the Eagles, right? Like kind of the top team in the conference. And obviously the team that won the Super Bowl. I would say the Bengals are very akin to the Niners, right? Like, kind of find a way to get it done. Always like a super huge threat. And the Bills or the Cowboys, lots of potential. A little bit of erratic, and you know, right now has a quarterback that needs a little bit more help than the the one main piece he has, Stephon Diggs and Buffalo, CD Lamb in Dallas. And um, so those are the the six teams. Again, I would almost take those six teams over the entire field of the NFL.
2: I think the field at the game at the Super Bowl, which is really bad, is still better than Justin Fields is as a quarterback.
1: Um, okay, let's leave. Um, let's get out of here. Let's just do it.
2: Um, I'm exit out of the window here. Can last I that? thing, that mess up give, the podcast. If I just close, give the us
1: window? two words, please.
2: I'm tired.